Okay. Are y'all ready to jump in this study? Say amen. amen. Second Peter chapter number two, we're going to start with verse number 10. We, we dealt with the first part of this chapter last week, and we found out that Peter is very uh, upset. He is very concerned about false teachers in the church. Uh, the, the, the first letter of Peter that we, we have already studied, he covered the persecution that was going to come from the outside, from the, the Roman governments and all the, that type of issue. But now he's dealing with the, the attack on the inside of the church through false teachers and so forth. Now, Last week, in the first section of this chapter, uh, we found out that he described them in detail. Uh, he talked about them being greedy. He talked about them uh, uh, being lasciviousness and, and dealing with uh, all kinds of immorality. Uh, he even described them in different ways. He talked about Lot. He talked about Noah. He talked about Sodom and Gomorrah and, and that type of thing. And dealing with that, he even said that, hey, they're going to be judged. I mean, so he described who they were and what they did, how they were, how they behaved. And then he said they're going to be judged. Don't worry about them. God's going to take care of them. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. whatsoever man so at that shall he also he said they're going to be judged. They're going to be judged. Then he said that, that God knows how to deliver the righteous out of temptation. That was the last part uh, that we, we read. So you would think you would think by now into this chapter he's through talking about false teachers and describing them. But it's like he gets a second wind. I'm talking about, he just, he said, you know what? I'm not finished talking about them. Let me tell you some more about these false teachers we're dealing with. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Verse number 10, here we go. But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these is natural. When you see they and these, it's always in reference to the false teachers, okay? As natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. They speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are in blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children they are, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozer, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantingness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of a man, for, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are entangled again therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment and delivered that was delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Father, 
uh, thank you for a good crowd. Thank you for a, a bunch of people that are here to, to study, to learn, to read, uh, to grow, and more importantly, Lord, to change. Uh, Lord, we want to we grow stronger. We want our faith to grow. We, we want to be better Christians tomorrow than we were today. God, I pray that you'll develop our faith, and I pray, God, that your will be done. Open our eyes tonight. Open our eyes to truth. Open our minds to receive your word. God, I thank you and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let's begin with verse number 10. Peter's not finished. He's got some more to say about these false teachers. And there's some, there's some things that he wants to, to describe in greater detail than he did in the first section. And the first thing we want to deal with is their sins, the sins of the apostates. In verse number 10, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak of dignities. Now, here's, here's what I want you to see. If we're taking notes, the sins of the apostates, write this down. First, we see they're reviling. They're reviling. The word revile means to abuse verbally, to abuse verbally. They, in other words, they, 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 they had no problem running their mouth about other people, especially leadership, especially people in authority. The Bible says in verse number, verse number 10, they despise government. Now, I know what you're thinking, especially in the world we're living in today. There are so many corrupt governments. There are so many wicked governments and, and, and governments run by wicked men. Uh, but that's not necessarily what he's talking about here. I looked up the word government and wrote down the definition. Uh, it means control or restraint, regulation, or the exercise of authority. It wasn't necessarily a wicked government that they despised. It was government, period. They didn't want to be told what to do. They didn't want any authority over them. They wanted their own way to do their own thing in, in their own time. They did not like anybody. It, it's the, I mean, it's the age-old deal. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Right, have y'all heard that before? Say amen. These are the types that we're dealing with. They despise government. Now, I, I don't like wicked governments. I don't like wicked men in places of authority. But there is a right government. There is government that God has put in place for our benefit. Say amen right there. Now, let's look at this. Let's look at this. They're reviling. The picture here, the picture here is of proud people who try to build themselves up while they tear everybody else down. They show no respect for authority and are not afraid to attack and defame people in high positions. God has established authority in this world. And when we resist authority, we are resisting God. Romans 13.1, I, I, I made copies of this. Uh, Romans 13.1 says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. Think about that. Think about that. There is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained by God. Whether you believe this or not or like this or not, Obama was put in place by God. Now, I, I was sitting and talking with a, I was sitting and talking with uh, a man in a, at, a, at a convenience store this week, and, 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 and we were having a conversation. He was upset about uh, 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 preachers not saying enough or not speaking out enough about uh, government and different things. And, and, and when I, said, I said, sir, there's one thing you got to understand. Uh, uh, regardless of how much we speak out, 
who's there is there because God put him there. If God didn't want him there, he wouldn't be there. God sets him up and God takes him down. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Uh, Why in God's name would he put somebody like that there? That's probably what you're thinking. Some of y'all might not be thinking that, but um, here's the deal. Everything on this earth is being prepped for the last days. Everything, everything you see, I'm not even talking about our own government. I'm talking about governments across this world. I'm talking about the economic crisis that we're seeing all over the world. This is not a national deal. This is a global issue. You're going to hear the word global over and over and over and more and more and more. Why? Because the Antichrist wants a global government. He wants a global reign. What does that mean? Satan wants to rule the world. And he's going to have his man. There's going to be a one world government. There's going to be a one world religion. There's going to be a one world economic, uh, 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 just everything set up, an economic system for one. And it's being set up. I, 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 think, I think, you know, how could this be or how could that happen? How could this take? And, and, and when you step back and say, okay, God is running the puppet strings. Now it all makes sense. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. God set up authority in government. God set up authority in the home. Do you realize that that parents are to have authority over their children? Let me read. Let me finish reading what I was reading. Uh, The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God... And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not terrors to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou then be not afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he that is, he is the minister of God, the one in authority. He's the minister of God for thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. He said, if you do wrong, you need to be afraid. It's kind of like this. Don't cuss out the policeman because he stopped you doing 90. If you are stupid enough to do 90, don't, don't cuss out the policeman. He's doing his job. He says, if you do evil, you need to be afraid. Some of us have an automatic braking system anytime you see a blue light, even if you're on cruise control. You know why? Because we're too busy doing evil. I said we. I put myself there. My wife, she don't have that problem. I see a blue light, I'm, I'm breaking down. And I, I, I could be under the speed limit because, y'all with me? I, y'all, y'all, are, y'all are horrible tonight. Y'all are lying. Y'all acting like y'all, oh, mercy. I, I'm, I, I'm going to get y'all here in a minute, though. I got something for you. Look here. He said, if you're doing evil, be afraid. For he that he beareth not the sword in vain. In other words, he's got a purpose for what he's doing. He's the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Now watch what he says about children and parents. Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What's the promise? It may, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Think about that. What a promise. I just read the Bible. Is that what y'all were reading? 
You want to live a long time? Honor your parents. I guess you could turn that around too. You want to live a short time? Dishonor them. I wish my kids was up here. Amen. They down there. All right. Listen, employers and employees. Ephesians 6, 5. Servants or employer, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling. And singleness of heart is unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers. In other words, don't just work hard when they're watching. Don't just do what, what you're supposed to do while they're there and then check out when they, they leave. He says, don't do it with eye service as men pleasers. But as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will doing service as to the Lord. Now, this is a biggie. As to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. In other words, when you're working and when you're, when you're serving in your employment, don't act like you're working for your boss. Act like you're working for Jesus. Act like Jesus is your foreman. Act like Jesus is your CEO. Authority's right, but the false teachers that he is dealing with, they don't like authority. They don't like, and do we not live in a society today that is so anti-establishment, anti-authority, anti-the government, anti-any kind of rule whatsoever? Let me tell you where it started. It started when parents stopped forcing their children to behave. It started when Dr. Spock come out with his book on, on not, not spanking your child, not correcting them, just let them blossom into whatever they are. Your child is a garden. How many of y'all have ever raised a garden? How many of y'all have ever just let it blossom? <laughs> you let it blossom and you're going to get weeds. You're not going to get tomatoes. You're not going to get okra. You're not going to, listen, you're not going to get squash. You're going to get weeds. Just let it grow up. Just, just, just let it be. Let me tell you why young people are cussing out their parents in the store and embarrassing them in front of everybody else. They let them blossom. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. So now we have a generation of people raised up on Dr. Spock's book and not the Word of God, and now we got a whole generation of people that don't know what no means. And if we don't teach them what authority is in the home, if we don't teach them respect for authority in the home, when they leave the home, we got to put up with them. Are y'all with me? All right. I exhort, what does he say in 1 Timothy 2? He says that we should be praying for those in authority. As citizens, we Christians should pray for those in authority. We should show respect to them, seek to glorify God in our behavior. As members of a local assembly, we should honor those who have the spiritual rule over us. This is talking about in the church house. And seek to encourage them in their ministry. There is a, there is a line of authority in the church house. Look what it says in Hebrews 13, 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Hebrews 13, 17. 
Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable unto you. What does that mean? Ultimately, when it's all said and done, I'm going to stand accountable for everything that happens on this corner. That's what that verse says. Some people say, well, why do you have the final say in everything? Because I'm the one on the line. I have a lot of counsel. I have, I have a team of staff people that work with me that we get together every single week and we go over stuff every single week and they are great people and they're doing a great job. Uh, we, we get together and, and, and I get a lot of counsel, but uh, I promise you this, when it's said and done, I have the last say. And the reason that is, is because I'm going to stand accountable for you. And God says, when you're in the church house, be careful how you treat the leadership. Be careful how you treat the leadership. Watch what it says. Let me read it again. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Why? They watch for your souls as they that must give account. Now watch this. Why should you submit? Why should you follow the leadership that God has placed over you? That they, the leadership, may do it with joy and not with grief. Now watch, for that is unprofitable for you. What does that mean? I know people in churches all over America that think it's their job to tell the preacher what to do. It's their job to keep him straight and to straighten him out, and they always got a problem, they always got an issue, and they always got that. And you know what he's doing? He's trying to serve God full of grief. And you know what God says? That's not unprofitable. Well, it's aggravating to the preacher. But he said that one run your mouth all the time. It's unprofitable to you. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We learned Sunday. We learned Sunday out of the book of Numbers. Out of the book of Numbers. How many of y'all enjoyed the Bible uh, study Sunday? Wasn't that cool? Man, I'm telling you, I'm so jacked up about this series. This, I can't wait. I'm, I was, I'm, I've done been in Joshua, and it's, it's going to be good. But, but in Numbers, we learn that, that because of unbelief, they were whiners. And God judged their complaining in a horrific way. He sent fiery serpents to bite them, and they got sick and died. What was their sin? Whining. That's how seriously God takes this. Be careful. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if, if, if all you do is criticize the leadership of the church and the preacher on the way home from church every Sunday when your kids grow up and don't want to go. Don't be surprised when, 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 when you mock the police and you, you criticize the police and you call them every name in the book because you did something wrong and you had to pay for it and you criticize them at, that when your kid grows up and they don't want to listen to what the police says and you got to go bail them out. Now, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, really mean, I didn't really mean to, to, to park on this right here. But this is such a big deal, uh, and, and, Paul, and Peter is given such a vivid description of these false teachers and who they are and what they represent and how they behave that we need to get a really good lesson of this, that we need to be careful to respect authority, whether it be our parents, 
whether it be our mayor, whether it be the congressman, whether it be the pastor, no matter who it is, if it's the authority that God has placed over us, we need to respect them and pray for them. Now, I I felt convicted when I was studying this. Man, I felt convicted when I was studying this uh, because everybody's made jokes of the president. Everybody's criticized the president. uh, uh, And and here's here's what God says. You got to respect the office, even if you can't respect the man. And I think, honestly, if we would spend as much time praying for him as we do mocking and criticizing, things may be a little different. All right. (laughs) Got a Republican growl tonight. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> oh boy. Human government, human government, in one sense, is God's gift to help maintain order in the world so that the church may minister the word and win the loss to Christ. Amen, right there. Listen, we can't argue with that. We can't argue with that. We've got to be careful how we speak of those in authority. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Why do, why do they do that? Why do they have no problem uh, uh, despising authority, despising government? Look what it says, verse 10. But chiefly, this is, this is number one under A, the reason for their reviling, the reason for their, their uh, verbal abuse. But chiefly them that walk after the, what's that word? flesh that's the key they're walking after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness the reason number one the reason for their reviling or verbal abuse the reason is their flesh the depraved nature of man does not want to submit to any kind of authority do your own thing it's the insistent message and many people follow it man's fallen nature encourages pride underline that Man's fallen nature encourages pride. That's why Satan fell. That's what messed messed up everything in the garden. Their attitude is completely opposite of that of our Lord who willingly emptied himself to become a servant and then died as a sacrifice for our sins. These men were self-willed, which means they lived to please only themselves. That's the reason for their verbal abuse. Number two, the seriousness of their reviling or verbal abuse. The seriousness. Look what it says in verse number, uh, verse number 10. Presumptuous are they. Presumptuous are they. Self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand. And shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Even the angels, even the angels, though greater in strength and power, will not intrude into the sphere that is not their own. The angels remember the rebellion of Lucifer and know how serious it is to revolt against God's authority. If God judged the rebellious angels, how much more will he judge rebellious men? The suggestion here is that godly angels do not even speak against the fallen angels. They have left all judgment to the Lord. Jude mentions this matter of the angels in Jude 8 and 9. Speaking evil of others, underline this for me. Speaking evil of others is a great sin. Speaking evil of others is a great sin, and the people of God must avoid it. 
We may not respect the people in office, but we must respect the office. For all authority is God-given. I'd go ahead and underline that too. Those who revile government officials in the name of Christ ought to read and ponder Titus 3, verses 1 and 2. I went ahead and copied it here. Titus 3, 1 says, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Watch this, verse 2. To speak evil of no man. To speak evil of no man. To be, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. What's that mean? We need to watch our mouth. I told you I felt really convicted in this deal. Because it's so easy to speak against what, what you don't like or what you don't prefer. Or even, even speaking against evil. And sometimes in, 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 in righteous anger, we will speak against things that we don't understand. And do it in a way that is not right. Even the angels in heaven leave it to the Lord. Are y'all with me? Now, now, how many of us will be honest for about five seconds and just say, you know what? I need to watch my mouth. Would you, would you rate? Okay. All right. I think we understand what he's trying to say. They were not afraid. These false teachers, these apostates, they didn't understand how serious what they were doing even when Daniel, in, in Daniel chapter number one, when he refused the king's food, he did it in a gracious way that did not get his guard into trouble. That, that'd be a good read for you, Daniel chapter one. It's when the flesh goes to work that pride enters in. And then we use our tongues as weapons instead of tools. You ever notice how much our mouth gets us in trouble? And you ever notice how much the, the words that we say usually stems from pride? Why do we criticize somebody? Because we want the one we're talking to to think we're better than the one we're criticizing. Now, we won't admit that. And sometimes we don't even know that that's what we're doing. But that's what we're doing. Criticism is just a veiled attempt to put them down and lift you up. You can tweet that. <laughs> the judgment the judgment of their reviling. Is that not true? Is that not true? Then why do we do it? If that's not the case, then why do we do it? And especially, why do we, if it's, if it's supposed to be constructive criticism, why are we not instructing the one that it's about? I, 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 I kind of have this deal. If, if, if I'm not addressing the one that has the problem, then I'm not helping the issue. If I'm speaking to somebody else about somebody else's problem, I'm making the problem worse. And, and you, can, you, can stem it, you, you can stem it all back to pride. Pride. Their judgment. Watch what he says in verse number 11. <clears throat> Excuse me, verse number 12. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed speaking evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Utterly perish. It says it's coming. They shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasures in riot, uh, to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Peter compared these false teachers to unreasoning animals whose only destiny is to be slaughtered. At the end of this chapter, they are pictured as pigs and dogs. 
Animals have life, but they live purely by instinct. They lack the finer sensibilities that humans possess. Jesus warned us not to waste precious things on unappreciative brute beasts in Matthew 7, 6. The apostates make a lot of noise about things they know nothing about. Kind of like this. Here's the illustration. Uh, I've gone and visited. I've gone and visited households. I've gone and visited people. And, uh, and they'll have, they'll have a, a Rottweiler the, the size of Chicago in the front yard. And wonder why the preacher ain't come to see him. And that, that dog is raising Cain. I mean, he's doing everything he can. He's doing everything that he can to let me know that I'm not welcome on the premises. And, that, and if he would be loosed, that he would teach me something. Say amen. And, and so he's thinking I am a problem. He's thinking that I am a, a threat, if you will. So what's he doing? He's making a bunch of noise about something he knows nothing about. Because he's just operating in instinct. Y'all with me? And that's what he's comparing these false teachers to. Um, the truth... The truth of the word of God leads to salvation, but the arrogant words of the apostates lead only to condemnation. These brute beasts are destined for destruction. A truth Peter mentioned often in 2 Peter chapter number 2, several different verses. As they seek to destroy the faith, they themselves shall be destroyed. They will be corrupted in their own corruption. Their very nature will drag them down into destruction. Like the pig returning to the mire and the dog to its vomit, unfortunately, before that event takes place, these people can do a great deal of moral and spiritual damage. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen false teachers in a church or sheep, or wolves in sheep's clothing, whatever, however you want to word that, they never leave without taking people with them. And that's, that's the sad part. There's always, always collateral damage. Because when, when the, the person is called out, when the, when the situation is dealt with by the shepherd that God placed over the flock, there's always people that, whether it's immaturity or they've been duped by the false teacher, they always take people with them. If you cause trouble in a church and you take a bunch of people with you, you need to really check up to your motives. You need to really check up because these false apostates always take people with them. There's always spiritual damage, all right? We've seen their reviling or their abusive verbal language. All right, now what you see, they're reveling. They're reveling in verse number, verse number 13, verse number 13, the Bible says they riot in the daytime. Riot means a uh, 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 party. I looked up the word revel and, 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 and reveling. It means a feast with loose and noisy jollity. Y'all know I looked up jollity. Say amen. <laughs> merriment, merriment in game. I wrote in my notes to party down. That's what that means. In other words, in other words, they didn't have any problems having a good time. Wink, wink. And here 
is the most devastating thing about it. Uh, especially in the ancient time, you didn't do no reveling during the day. And even today, even today, most people wait till dark. They wait till late at night. My dad always told me, he said, son, ain't nothing good happens after midnight. Get your posterity home. Amen. But see, they had gone so far and they were so depraved in their own thinking that they would do what most people did at night in the broad daylight. What does that teach us? It teaches this. You can be so far out there that you start believing your own lies. I've sat, I've sat and watched televangelists on TV that I, I, I think, how in, 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 in heaven's name can you sit there and do what you're doing with a straight face? How in the world can you, can you steal and, and lie and, and deceive and, and, and cause such spiritual damage and, and do it with a smile on your face and do it in broad daylight with no shame whatsoever? It's amazing. Have you known them people that lied so much they, they started believing their own lies? And even when they're called in the lie, you still can't convince them it's a lie? That's what these false teachers are. They, they had merriment. <clears throat> Their pattern, if you will. Number one, write this down. The pattern that we see. The word riot and sporting in verse number 13. Those two words deal with sensual uh, living, sensual activity. They also contain the idea of luxury, softness, extravagance. At the expense of those who support them. The apostates enjoy luxurious living... And in our own society, there are those who plead for funds for the ministries, yet they live in expensive houses, drive luxury cars, wear costly clothes. Are y'all with me? Pleading for you to send them money and got a ring that would choke a camel. Say amen. And, and this, is, this is what amazes me. Two things amaze me. That they would have the audacity to brag about the Bentley they're driving and then the people have such an immaturity to keep sending the money. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute. The Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. Foxes have holes and the birds have nests. But are y'all with me? Philippians says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. I'm talking about the prince of glory, God's only begotten son, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, who spoke this world into existence, walked in utter poverty without anything, never purchased anything on this earth but you. He only borrowed something, but he just needed it for three days. 
Boy, I want to preach right now. Oh, boy. And listen, we've got people, we've got people stealing from God's people. And it is so blatant now, it has gone so far that they can do it with a smile on their face in broad daylight. Listen, <clears throat> a person can become so accustomed to his vices that he sees them as virtues. Under, underline, underline the rest of this right here. False doctrine inevitably leads to false living. And false living then encourages false doctrine. Why? The apostate must adjust God's word or change it for his way of life. And he's not about to change his lifestyle. So we've got to change. We've got to change God's word to fit the way we're living. You see, you see, we're living in a time. We're living in a time that Paul told Timothy that it was going to take place. There's coming a time where they will despise sound doctrine. They will despise preachers who tell the truth. They will heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. Perilous times shall come, he says. And that's where we're at. That's where we're living. We're living in a time where we don't want to hear the truth. And, 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 and listen, it's bad enough. It's bad enough that, that people want to live the way they want to live. They want to sleep with who they want to sleep with. They want to behave the way they want to do. But now they want to come into church and get the church to endorse it. It's not an issue of knowing what's right and wrong or, or where right is or where wrong is. The problem is we're just adjusting right to wherever we are. Let's don't change the Bible. Let's change our lifestyle to line up with the Bible. You say, preacher, you're too narrow-minded. Yep, about this narrow right here. Amen? Listen, it, where are we at? All right, here, here it is. Here it is. There, there, we see their pattern. Then let's see their pursuit. Their pursuit. Look what they do. It gets worse. It's not only they know how to party, but watch this. Verse 14, having eyes full of what? Adultery, sexual sin. That cannot cease from sin, beguiling. Here, here's, here's, here's the deal. Beguiling unstable souls. In other words, people that are not grounded. A heart that has exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. 2 Peter 2.14 makes it clear that the apostates attend these church meetings for two reasons. First, to satisfy their own lust, and second, to capture converts for their cause. They keep their eyes open looking for loose women whom they can entice into sin. Paul warned about similar apostates who, who in 2 Timothy 3.6, he says, they creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts. More than one minister has used religion as a cloak to cover his own lusts. Some women in particular are vulnerable in counseling sessions, and these men take advantage of them. I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many people that has been taken advantage of by false men of God. I don't even want, don't even put them, them words together. False teachers and preachers. Listen, I, I, I take very, very great care and caution 
when it comes to that type of thing. Listen, I, I, I have a policy. I don't, I don't, I don't counsel any women alone. I, it's either my wife or, or my secretary will be in there, and, and, and there's, there's, it just looks right. It looks better. It keeps them safe, keeps me safe. It's just, it's just the right thing to do. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've got these people who are, I, I, don't, I don't even have to say anything. I, I, don't, I don't even have to talk about this. Y'all know it. It's on TV all the time. It's happening everywhere. Everywhere. It's, it's 2 Peter 2 coming alive. Amen? Look at their revolting. We talked about their reviling, their abusive, abusive verbal abuse, their reveling. Then look at their revolting. Verse 15. They have forsaken, Peter says. They've forsaken the what way? Say it with me. They've forsaken the, the right way. And they're gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozer, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Here's the thing. It's, it, it's one thing to not know the way and just doing the best you can. That's not who we're talking about. We're talking about people who know the right way, but willfully choose the wrong way. That makes sense. Say amen. Watch what it says. The apostates know the right road, the straight path that God has established, but they deliberately abandon God's way for their own. We have already learned one reason for the apostates' godless conduct. They want to satisfy the cravings of the flesh, but there's a second reason. They are covetous and want to exploit people for personal gain. I got to hurry to save some time. Look down at the main lesson there. We, he, he brings the illustration. He brings the illustration of Balaam, and I put I, I left some uh, uh, some things in the the information for you on Balaam. Balaam was a false prophet in in the early part of the Old Testament. He tried to trick. He tried to trick God's people. He tried to to curse God's people, and God wouldn't let him do it. And he was doing everything he was doing for the sake of money. Everything he did spiritually was for the sake of money. He had a he had a problem with covetousness. Now watch. He was a rebel against the will of God, like the false teachers that Peter described. Balaam knew the right way, but deliberately chose the wrong way because he wanted to make what? Money. He kept playing with the will of God by trying to get a different point of view. I I I, I tell you what, I tell you what, I, I so I so love the team that God has put together here at Temple. I, and I'm talking about the paid staff that's here at Temple. Every single person, every single person that's on the paid staff here at Temple worked here for free for years before they came on staff. Free. Nothing. What did they prove? They're not in it for the money. I, 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 have, I have people calling me all the time. Where'd you find your people? I said, I didn't. <laughs> I said, they found me. What do you mean? What's, what seminary did they come from? I said, uh, Borden Dairy. Uh, uh, UAH, Meteorology Department. Do you realize, do you realize you have a milkman teaching them teenagers down there right now? 
You have a bug man that's singing every week. Y'all, y'all, y'all with me? We have a painter. And they all work for nothing. Hour after hour after hour after hour after hour. And here's what they always tell me, these other preachers. How'd you get them to do that? I said, I didn't. (laughs) They did it because they wanted to be here. Do, do Do you even understand what God has done in this place? You see, if this was a career, guys... I wouldn't be standing here. Weeks like this week makes me want to be anything but this. I was riding to the funeral home today. Brother Doyle was sitting in the passenger seat, and I was riding, and I just looked over, and there were some guys cutting grass. I said, you know what, Doyle, sometimes I wish that was me on that lawnmower. I said, all I had to do is go cut grass and, and, and go home. And God just whispered, it's a calling, not a career. And when you see people coming and asking, what is the financial package? I say, you got the wrong address. I was standing, I was standing, we're never going to finish this because they messed with the clock. Um, <laughs> so we'll just pick this up next week. Uh, not yet, though. Don't be, slutting, don't be shutting your, your books up now. Come on. I was standing, I was standing with a, a new convert. I was standing with a new convert. This was in South Carolina. And, uh, and, and you got to know, when I was 22 and 21 and 22, I had a whole lot less sense than I got right now. And, 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 and stuff bothered me a whole lot. Well, I say it still bothers me, but I was a, I'm able to deal with it a little better now. Y'all with me? Uh, I know my poker face is still not real great, but it was, it was really bad then. And I was standing here with this, this young convert, and this preacher from down the road was sitting here, and he was talking about another preacher that was pastoring a church, wasn't, two or three miles down the road from where I was pastoring. And, and he left the church from there and went to another church about 10 miles away. Now, regardless of how you feel about all that, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. But, and that, that, that even wasn't the biggest deal. I don't like that, but that ain't, that's not even what the biggest deal was. He said, he said I, I believe they gave him a better package deal. When I heard that, that just flew all over me. And I'm sitting here, and I'm sitting here, and I've got a new convert that hadn't been saved just a, just a little while. And he looks at me, and, and the look on his face was, Preacher, is that what this is about? And I wanted to...
I wanted to bless him in Jesus' name. <laughs> the minute we got in the truck, I said, Harry, let me tell you something. It ain't about that. It ain't about that. I said, I was told by an old man of God when I was 17 years old. When I told him that I surrendered to preach, he said, son, preachers are a dime a dozen. But real men of God are few and far between. It's not about the money. And these false teachers, all they cared about was exploiting the people that was with them. In the early part of this chapter, he said they were merchandising you. Why? So they could riot in the day and sport about. Listen, let me say this. Know where you send your money. Know where it's going. Uh, uh, that's, 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 that's it. Because I, I, I want to go and I want to have time for the, talking about the pig and the dog. Uh, I, I saw some things in, in that, that 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 I never understood till you know it's time to really dig into it and, and teach it. It's really good stuff. Uh, there's a lot of people in churches today that that are there under false pretenses. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. There's coming a day. It's coming a judgment day where Jesus is going to look at some folks and, and, and he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And this is what they're going to say. Whoa, wait a minute. We's in church every Sunday. Wait a minute. I, wait a minute. I got baptized. Wait a minute. I taught Sunday school. Jesus says this. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. And you see, Peter goes into detail talking about this. And, 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 and you see, oh, man, I really want to tell you, there's something that happens to the, to the swine. It's washed off on the outside. You can, you can clean up and not be saved. Now watch this. This is a little vulgar, and this is a little sick, but it says that the, the dog vomits. When he empties the contents of his stomach, he feels better. You can go to church and have an experience and feel better and still be a dog. And there's so many people all over this country that have had an experience where they look better and they may even feel better. But their inner nature is still there. And when it's all said and done, they'll go back to the mud and they'll go back and eat their own vomit. This is why Peter said, make your calling and election sure. Preacher, you're trying to make me doubt my salvation. Nope, I'm trying to make it sure. I'm trying to make it sure. Amen. Let's do this. Uh, Got a lot going on this week. We, we've had a family 
uh, the Woods family, uh, their one-week-old baby passed away Monday. And their funeral's tomorrow. Uh, we, we, we laid a man to rest today. Three of his sisters go to church with us. Uh, 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 Brother Tommy Duckett, his father, passed away Sunday. And his funeral's going to be tomorrow uh, in Bessemer. Uh, we, we've got a gentleman that just had a major heart surgery uh, down in Birmingham. Another young lady, Brother Jonathan Beatty's daughter, had a heart surgery, open heart surgery today. A uh, uh, lot going on. A lot going on. Uh, so we need to pray. I, I, I had a, a note given to me. Had a note given to me before. Uh, Miss Tamara, Miss Tamara Buckner is uh, Miss Betty Lee's daughter, and they've just found she's got staph infection in both lungs, and it's it looks really bad. So so we're going to pray for uh, Tamara, Brother Lawrence. Where are you at, uh, Brother Johnny? Uh, come on up and, and grab a microphone and and let's let's pray and. Uh, and if you have a need, if you have a need, uh, we don't have to call them all out or write them all down. God knows them. But if you have a need that you really would like God to, to uh, see to, would you raise your hand? And, and okay, well, let's, let's come pray. Let's find a place. Uh, let's find a place in this altar. And, uh, and uh, we're going to pray. And uh, you, you get a microphone that works. All right. All right. Yeah, you go ahead. We'll give Miss Amber a break. We'll give Miss Amber a break. You come on up. All right, come on, that's it. Find a place, find a place. Just just find a place. We're going to pray and ask God to meet. Also, uh, uh, Brother Dalton McCauley, he had a motorcycle accident Monday and, and broke his leg and had surgery. It's just, it's just everywhere. It's just a lot of things going on. It's amazing to me that we've got a church that's on fire, excited about reading and studying and understanding their Bible, and Satan's just coming out the woodwork. Amen, church? Well, let's pray. You, you lead us, and I, I'll dismiss us, all right? Let us bow. Our Father, Lord in heaven, God, we come to you tonight, Lord, with heavy hearts. God, as we've, God, Brother Malcolm's done shared some of the yes, experiences, Lord. God, that's having this week. God, I pray, Father, for your power and your touch, God, upon every family, yes, God, that's Lord. going through the difficulties, Lord, of losing little babies. God, of having wrecks, or Lord, or having surgeries. But, Father, you are the King of kings, and, God, yes. you are the Lord of lords. And, Father, you said that you are the great I am. And, Lord, I pray, Father, that your touch, God, to be upon every family, God, that's going through these struggles. God, you'd comfort their hearts, God, as only you can. And, Lord, yes. when we go through these difficulties, Lord, there's questions, and, Lord, we don't know why. But, Lord, you, you said that we should just put our trust in you, and, God, to keep our focus on you and keep serving you and to keep loving you yes. and to keep blessing your holy name. For, God... You want us to praise you, Father, in the mountaintops. And, God, you want us to praise you in the valleys, God, that we go through every week and every day of our life. And, God, I pray, Lord, for a special touch. Go on to these families. God, be with Brother Malcolm, God, as he preaches this baby's funeral tomorrow. God, I pray, Lord, for Zach and Bailey, Lord, this whole family. God, I pray, Lord, you'd just touch them. God, I can't even comprehend, God, what they're going through, Father, in their life. And, God, I pray a special touch, and, Lord, your anointing on him as he preaches this funeral. And, Lord, all the other situations that's going on, Lord, for Melanie with her kidney transplant Friday, God, I pray. God, you continue to bless in a mighty way there. Lord, for each person, God, that's here tonight. Lord, I know we have our own needs and our own struggles and our own family. God, I pray, Lord, for those at the altar. God, for those that are out in their seats, God, I pray, Father, you'd meet every need. God, you can be with every single person, God, that's in this room tonight. And, Lord, to touch their need just as we've asked for these other needs. God, I pray, Lord, for Sunday. God, I pray, 
Lord, that everything we do, Father, would bring honor and glory to you. God, you'd be with the preaching. God, you'd be with every song that's sung. And God, as that invitation comes, Lord, if there's that person that's sitting in this congregation, Lord, that don't know you, God, in a free pardon of sin, Lord, I pray, God, that they'd come and be saved, Lord, before it's too late. Lord, help us to recognize, God, as Pastor Malcolm has taught tonight, these fault teachers, God, the ones that are out for our money, God, help us to stay away, Lord. Help us not to be that person, God, that goes around talking and backbiting and talking about leadership, God, talking about our country. Lord, how convicting tonight, Lord, to know, God, that I've been guilty of those things in my life. And, Lord, I pray for forgiveness for myself. Lord, help me to pray, God, for our country, God, for our leaders, Lord, for our church. God, we just come to you tonight, Lord, and we ask you to bless our church. Lord, continue to touch in a mighty way. Lord, we love you. God, we give you all the glory for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray that you'll please be with Miss Tamara, Tamara. Lord, I, I know that you can do miracles. I know there's nothing impossible to you. Lord, this staph infection is, is, is just a small thing to you. And I pray that you'll do a miracle in this situation. I pray that you'll be with the nation of Israel in their fight, in their struggle. God, I pray that you'll be with the innocent Palestinians, Lord, who are, who are having to pay for the brutality of the leadership over them. I pray, God, that you will be with those that are in the, the, the countries with the, the Ebola virus, those that are here in our country.